What's going on, everybody? I'm your host, Big T. Will. I got my man, Mr. Nat Marlowe, the producer extraordinaire. It is the holiday season, so we rocking with all the holiday music throughout Philly Four Court Press. We'd like to welcome in all of our new audience, and we'd like to welcome our existing audience. And uh, we hope that everyone's starting to feel a little Christmas spirit, especially with uh, all the snow that just happened this past week. What's going on, Nat? Well, hi, T. Will. I'm plenty happy we have Sixers basketball back. Did the highlights for them uh, for the Sixers and Celtics game. That was amazing, uh, especially because they won for once. Usually when I do highlights for them, they lose. I know it's only preseason, but I, I had plenty to uh, plenty to get excited about with that preseason game. Yeah, listen, man. The preseason game was uh, exciting. It was exciting. Uh, coming up on, on, on the show today, you know, we're going to uh, break down that, that game. In just a minute, um, we got a couple clips we want to play for you. Uh, we're going to talk about some people who stood out, some people who didn't. Uh, what Doc Rivers' uh, vision was off of that first game, his rotation. Uh, we're also going to talk about James Harden because, of course, he's uh, making noise in the uh, in the uh, NBA media as always. Right now, uh, that picture of him floating around, looking out of shape. Uh, with his warm-ups on. I'll be honest with you, I think it was a joke. I think he had on uh, an extra small, a smaller size warm-up than normal. Because when he took the warm-up off, he looked like James Harden to me a little bit. But, you know, we'll have a little fun with that. And then we'll have uh, our Q&A. And I know we're fully loaded with that coming up on the season. And the uh, Sixers uh, coming up on uh, one more preseason game, I believe, against the uh, Pacers. Coming up uh, later on in uh, at the end of this week, and then uh, it's here, Nat. It's real. Everything's going to start counting. Yeah, and I can't wait for that, man. The stress-free Christmas because they're not going to be playing on Christmas, but you know we get some Sixers basketball after the fact. This time it counts under the new under the new regime and this new roster. I am quite excited for this upcoming Sixers season. Way more than last year. Oh man! Don't even let let let's try to let's try to stay positive for the most part on uh, this episode. Not bring up last season, but uh, but let's talk about the uh, game the Sixers just had with Boston. Uh, Nat, I want to ask you a question since you always ask me the questions. I want to flip one on you, my brother. Uh, what stood out to you in the? Uh, preseason game that you saw with the 76ers under uh, Doc Rivers? Tyrese Maxey, fourth quarter. That's what stood out to me the most. Tyrese Maxey was definitely giving him some buckets and giving him some work in the fourth quarter uh, the other night. Uh, what was so what was so grand about Tyrese Maxey standing out to you? What, what made it look like uh, he was ready to play? To me, I had I, I was a little bit nervous because I was seeing Furkan Korkmaz and Mike Scott out on the court at the same time. I'm like, oh man, here here we go. That was where I thought it was all going to come apart. And in comes Tyrese Maxey, and Maxey is just getting bucket after bucket, despite playing with Korkmaz and Mike Scott. And I was like, yes, this kid. He has it right there. And I was listening to Doc's post-game presser, and he's saying that, you know, it's amazing how we have 
all these guys buying in, especially the rookies who are buying in right now. And when you have rookies that buy in, you know, that kind of energy and that kind of, for lack of better words, tenacity, you know, that rubs off on the other players. And if you can get the rookies to buy in, then I think you can have an excellent team in front of you. Well, yeah. Uh, Tyrese Maxey did stand out. You know, he had eight points, three assists. Uh, he was four for six from the uh, from the uh, field in a 12-minute run. But, we, you know, we expect uh, a, a uh, Kentucky player to be coached up and ready to play in the NBA from uh, Calipari, right? And you mentioned it last episode that players that come out of Kentucky under Coach Cal are NBA ready. They're seasoned. You know, you're gonna you're gonna get guys that are gonna be ready to play and ready to play defense and know know the uh, ins and outs of the NBA court with other players. So me, when I watched Maxi, I was enjoying it, but I kind of tampered my expectations down a little bit. And I'll tell you why. Because he was playing in the fourth quarter against Boston's G League team. You see what I'm saying? So he did what he had to do. Like, he should have shined against that squad Boston had out there. And he did. If he didn't, then I would have a big issue. You see what I'm saying, That I do, yeah. And the way I'm looking at it, I'm looking at it like what this kid, what he can do when he is you know, not playing with the best players on his squad. That's the way I see it because I was more concerned about the way Mike Scott and for God court Moss were looking out there. Cause to me, they were struggling against Boston's G league team. And the fact that Tyrese Maxey, you know, to me had no trouble against them as opposed to, you know, the other two that, that to me with for, with Furkan and Mike Scott is more concerning than anything else. Yeah. Uh, maybe so. But like I said, it's the first preseason game. And if he didn't stand out against that talent that was on the court, then I would have a, you know, I, I would have a little concern, but I don't have a concern with Max. I think Max, he's going to be here. He's going to be a baller. He's going to get his minutes. And uh, I was curious on um, – I want to know what Doc Rivers thought about Maxie. Nat, play that clip that uh, we cut up for uh, Doc Rivers on Maxie. Yeah, he's good. You know, and I've said that. He's, he's, he's a good player. Um, he's going to push for minutes because I, I, he's a good basketball player. He knows how to play. Uh, can't speed him up. You know, he's got a plethora of shots. You know, make simple plays. And we're, you know, and I'm throwing this out to Cal, as I said before, Kentucky guys coming to the NBA prepared. Uh, th- this kid knows how to defend. He talks on defense. Um, he's been coached for sure. Yeah, so Doc's telling you right there, he sees something in Maxie that Maxie's going to be fighting for minutes. So if Maxie's going to be fighting for minutes and going to carve out space, Early in the season, that means somebody's going to lose minutes. Obviously, that's how it works. So Matisse's minutes might get cut. Um, Korkmaz's minutes might get cut. Uh, I can't really say shake because 
Shake was balling, and he Shake is in the role that I've been saying since Doc Rivers was hired that he's going to play that Lou Will, Pat Beverly type, Reggie Jackson type role, and you can see it. You can see how it, Doc has molded that into Shake right now. So Maxie's going to get some minutes. It's just a question on how many minutes. Who's he going to take out? And if he keeps progressing throughout the season and doesn't hit the rookie wall, then, you know, steal the draft, as people are saying. He's fell all the way down to 21. If they played March Madness and Coach Cal and his Kentucky team make a run, Nat, does Tyrese Maxey fall to 21 to the Sixers? No, 100% no. Not even – yeah, Exactly. So, in a way, be thankful, be lucky that we have that. Be, you know, be thankful, be lucky that we have a guard finally from Kentucky because Kentucky, Kentucky does put out a lot of guards and Sixers never seem to get one and they finally got one. So, that was real big. But uh, overall, there's, there's things that were concerning about this uh, preseason game, and there was a lot of things that I like. And I'll just talk talk positive first. I'll get the positives, the, the positivity out right now. They're going to be a fun team to watch. This team's going to be fun to watch. The pace of the game for the Sixers after the first few minutes, I enjoy. The pick and roll is going to kill these NBA teams that can't get over top of the picks or, or switch up on the picks. And the spacing on the court was just obvious with Kyrie and Green. I mean, just with Simmons with the ball and the spacing with Kyrie and Green, it was just so obvious. So, go ahead, Nat. Well, what did you think of... Uh, like you, you said Shake was balling. So, what did you think about Shake's impressive third quarter? Chad, it was Shake, man. Shake was in the zone. Shake was feeling it. So Shake led the, you know, he led to all scoring with 19 points. And, you know, we're not saying Shake can't ball, but maybe, just maybe, there's something that Doc saw in Shake that, like you said, previous regime didn't. And Doc is utilizing the players to their strengths where the last regime didn't. I enjoy Shake. I was, I'm a, you know, I'm a, first of all, I'm a Shake fan because he's wearing our, our colors. So I'm going to be a fan of him regardless, but he's in a better role with no pressure on him. See, when he was that starting point guards, too much pressure for him. He wasn't ready for that. And then when Embiid was hurt and Simmons was hurt, you know, he had a couple flashy games, but there's no way in hell that Shake could have, is a starting point guard to carry you throughout the whole season. That's just that was just evident. Yeah, it wasn't going to happen. So, but putting him as a sixth man and it allowed him the freedom to do what he can do, which is shoot and get off early and keep him under a certain amount of minutes. It's perfect. That's perfect for Shake. Now you're going to get the best out of Shake that. Uh, the Sixers are going to need to propel them into 
a better winning percentage than what they had last season. So, Shake was yeah, I was I enjoyed everything from Shake to Maxi to Ben to Joe and Danny and Curry, Danny Green and Seth Curry on the court spreading it out, and Tobias looked different. Tobias looked a lot different. Like Doc said, Tobias was dribbling too much. He was thinking too much. He needed him to, to make a decision and go with it, go to the basket. I saw that. I saw exactly what Doc was saying as uh, Tobias was getting into the flow of the game and started breaking the sweat. You know, putting these guys in the right position. That's what it's about. And this is all coaching. This is all coaching. Now, the big man, he was efficient. Points per minute. He, he only, I think he led the NBA last year, right, Nat? In points per minute. I believe and, so, yeah. I had to double-check that stat, but I believe you're right. Yeah, so... Embiid had 18 in the, you know, in the limited amount of minutes. His plus-minus was through the roof. So you expect that from Embiid. That that's a that's what you want from a caliber player like Embiid. That's what's going to make Embiid stand out amongst all the other NBA superstars by being that active and that dominant in a short amount of time. And that's what you need from Embiid. Embiid looked good. He looked really good. Uh, he took four threes. He missed them. I know at least one of the threes he was kind of forced to take. And the other ones I really didn't mind because they had a lead. They had a, a, a nice enough lead to where it wasn't going to kill you if he if he missed it. So it was act so it was actually smart basketball. It wasn't just come down, jack up, or I'm open, jack up. Because there was a couple passes that came to MB where he would have shot those shots last season. But he gave him up. He hit Danny Green in the corner for one off a pass. It came back to him, and he gave it back to Ben. There was another time he had it, and he hit um, Cork Miles on the pass instead of taking it. So he was very – they already instilled in B that you're not going to shoot all those threes that you shot last season. You can see it. Because it was t- opportunity there for him to pull, and he didn't pull. The one thing that, now the negative, and the one thing that he's got to be held accountable, Nat, and we talked about this, Ben Simmons. There were, the reason MB took that forceful three, I think it was either the first quarter or second quarter, Ben Simmons is on the block, and he's got his guy pinned underneath the basket, Nat. Yeah. And people have told us Ben Simmons has the best post moves on the team. Why are you kicking it back out to NB? Why are you playing? Why are we playing a two-man game where the center is at the top of the key and our point guard is posting up at the underneath the block, down on the block, underneath the basket? Like, I don't have no problem with it if Ben goes to work. I have a problem when the shot clock's running down. And you kick it back out to uh, MB. So are you and I on the the same mindset when it comes to uh, how Ben performed in that preseason game? Because to me, he seemed 
I don't know, lackluster in that game from an Jimmy, offensive right? production. To that, that's just how it seemed to me. But then again, most of the, most of the time that I was spending like during the game, I was spending up cutting up the audio highlights of the game as opposed to uh, watching it on TV. No, Ben. It, it, see, this is what Ben was. He was trying to be that facilitator, and and this is where I always say he catches himself doing too much. Like sometimes you got to be a little selfish. You know, he had ten points, six uh, six boards, but he only you know two assists from Ben in a twenty six minute run. That's not Ben. He was trying to get that off though, because he had that weak, I don't know, volleyball pass, touch pass, that was underneath the basket on the uh, three on two break, and he saw uh, Green in the corner and he tried to give it out to him. Ben, go up with it. Go up with it. You bigger than some of them cats, man. Go up with it. Like I understand you trying to get it out there to the to the shooter behind behind the arc, but you're too. You're like a foot away from the rim. And the pass came to you, and you jumped up. You tried to – it just didn't look right. And then Danny Green caught the pass and double clutched and missed the jumper anyway because he was out of rhythm. Something like that, bang, go up with it. Dunk. Get the and one. The and ones you did got, you went to the foul line, and you made your foul shots. And he looked good in that. He looked good yeah, at the did. foul line. It, it, it didn't look like he was scared. It didn't look like he was timid. Uh, he bent his knees. He had good flow. Just from the two shots I saw, you can see he's worked on it. Now, I made a joke on another show, and I said that the only reason he looked good is because there was no fans in there, so he didn't have anybody heckling him. <laughs> I mean, you have a point there, if we're being honest. <laughs> but seriously, seriously, um, if anything, maybe that's a good thing. You know, Let Ben Simmons make the mistakes now and say, all right, look, uh, I can't. I I can't overthink being the facilitator here. I I should get to the rim more often. I should try to do whatever I can get in close to the rim as opposed to being uh, pass happy and try to quarterback plays all the time. No, like I can get to the rim. He definitely has that strength, that pure agility to get there as well. And you know, it, it it's clear that. He has been working on his free throw game, and I think he does have the skill set to get to the foul line 15 times a game. It's He can put up those buckets. He really can. I think he just needs to have more faith in himself. Get the get the jump shot thing out, out of your mind. It's one right. of those things that he right. should not have to worry about with this many shooters around him. Do what... Focus on your strengths to put points on the board. Focus on your strengths to put points on the board. Don't worry about everybody else's strengths. Focus on your own. Right, exactly. Exactly. You're dead right. Focus. It's kind of like you want to see Ben be selfish in the first few minutes of the game to set the table. Just set the table. Once he sets the table, the game should be – it should just be natural. And everything should fall in place. I don't have a problem with Ben being that guy to set the table, to get everything going. Because if it gets him going, it gets him in a rhythm, then the team, as he goes, the team is just going to dominate more and more and more. 
if you get MB going, get him in a rhythm right behind that, then it's just going to the spacing. Like I said, the spacing was evident, man. That was crazy. Yeah. So the the ball movement's going to be there, and the shooters had open looks. So they're going to continue to have better looks, and the pick and roll was there. It was it was there. It, there's no if ands or buts about it. It's going to be it's going to be a problem for teams in the NBA that can't cover. Now, Matt, wasn't it? How good did it feel to be a 76ers fan and see Joel Embiid check out and Dwight Howard check in? Like, what a luxury that is to have someone like Dwight Howard come off the bench behind Embiid. That was awesome, and you're going to hear some highlights later on, but shake to Dwight Howard, man. That was incredible. It was cooking, right? Yeah. It was cooking, and I just felt it felt, it just felt, it felt right that we didn't have to worry about the production of play drop off because Embiid went to the bench or Simmons went to the bench because you had someone as – Oh, future Hall of Famers, Dwight Howard checking in. I mean, it just it just felt right. That's why I said, you know, you got to get excited off of what you saw. There's a couple of concerns, but nothing like let's not go overboard. Let's, you know, tamper it down a little bit and just see what happens, you know, the first couple weeks of the season and how everything plays out. But uh, coming up, what's Doc Rivers' thoughts on uh, Simmons and Embiid after uh, the first preseason game? And what does Doc mean by shake being shake? I'm kind of curious about that one, Nat. You know, so we got that and so much more in this edition of Philly Four Court Press. Stay with us, family. Grab your drinks, sit back. We'll be back after these quick commercial breaks. If you want to make something that truly reflects the city of Philadelphia, it better be great. It better stand the test of time. You better expect the work if you want the results. That's just how the city was built. And that's just how we're made. You see, here, greatness requires a push and a pull. A challenge, a goal. A chase, a pursuit. But when you get there, by day or night, you'll turn the curve into as great a city as you'll find anywhere. Where the stars light up the night, reflecting icons. Rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. Reflecting greatness. Iverson has Jordan. Reflecting the spirit of competition that's fueled us from the start. Built for the city. Built for the night battle. We know that we're asking Americans to do a lot right now. So we're asking everyone to be selfless for others so that we can protect those who are most susceptible to this virus. A question I often get asked is why should young people care about the spread of coronavirus? Well, we know that people with underlying medical conditions over the age of 60 are at highest risk, but they've got to get it from somebody. Social distancing is really physical separation of people it's what we refer to when we ask people to stay at least six feet apart. Not going to bars, not going to restaurants, not going to theaters where there are a lot of people. It all just means physical separation so that you have a space between you and others who might actually be infected or infect you. 
We all have a role to play in preventing person-to-person -person spread of this disease, which can be deadly for vulnerable groups. For more information on how you can social distance, please go to coronavirus.gov. With coronavirus still spreading, people at higher risk must take extra precautions. You're at higher risk if you are over 65 or if you have any serious underlying medical conditions like heart disease, chronic lung disease, diabetes, or if your immune system is compromised for any reason. If you're at higher risk, wash your hands frequently with soap and water for 20 seconds. Avoid touching your face. Disinfect frequently touched objects and wash up after being in public spaces. And when it comes to social situations, less is better. Stay six feet or two arm lengths away from other people. Better still, stay home if you can. If you're sick, please stay home and away from others. And if you think you've been exposed to the virus, call your healthcare provider before going to their office. In challenging times, the choices you make are critical. Please visit coronavirus.gov for more information. What's up, everybody? It's Carmelo Anthony. Hope everyone is staying healthy. During this time, you know, we should all be looking out for one another and staying calm and staying safe. I'm just trying to stay positive as much as possible. Continue to spend this great time with your loved ones. I think it gives us a lot of perspective. Call some of your friends or your family and let them know how much you, you love them and how much you care about them. Practice compassion. We have to be kind and really practice a sense of community. We're going to get through this thing one way or another and the appreciation level for everything will be at an all-time high. We all miss fans and our teammates and basketball. This is only a virus that we can beat together. Um, hopefully we'll be seeing you guys soon and back on the floor. Say see ya! gonna be a great player you could just see it and of course he had that great game against the Clippers last year in late February here's Shake of the Mane and Dwight Howard with a throwdown. Shake takes it with the left hand and a beautiful finish as he closes with a somersault. Shake with a nice shot off the inbound. Now Milton off the screen by Howard. Shake trying to go to Dwight Howard but it goes to Tobias in the corner for three and that works nicely. Simmons on the move, Boston back with numbers, over to Shake, this will be the third made three by the Sixers, and it is. Here's Shake, and now the Sixers, four of the last five from three. Hey Nat, man, you know I'm feeling it. That's my jam right there, the Temptations. That's when you know it's Christmas, when you hear music like that, and you start vibing to it. That's you start great. vibing to it. That's a great version of Rudolph. Oh, yeah, yeah. And there's some, there's, <laughs> ain't that, there's some bad ones, too. Yeah, really. There's some bad, there's some <laughs> bad ones, but yeah. <laughs> that that one right there is one of my favorites. That probably is, is my favorite Rudolph uh, version right there. But, um, yo, man, Tom McGinnis. Tom McGinnis, that gets a little goosebumps. That Shake Milton, man. That Shake Milton highlight was nice, Nat. Yeah, and McGinnis on the TV call this time. Usually he's on the radio call, but they had uh, Brian Seltzer on the radio and Tom McGinnis on TV. How about that? Oh, man, doing a little doing a little, uh, a little, little flip the coin on us right there. But Tom McGinnis, man, he just 
the energy he has, man, he's a legend. Legend. Gold. He he makes you feel like you are at the game listening on the radio. No ifs, ands, or buts. The things that he does, and I've told him this, that, you know, he he his his excitement makes me scream at the radio when he's calling the games on the on the radio when I hear him. And, you know, he He's uh, he's very he's really approachable. Good good guy, man. Talked to him numerous of times. Good guy. Uh, oh yeah, and I appreciate his work. But um, hey man, hey, hey Nat, can, can Shake be uh, the Sixers Rudolph? Yeah. Can he guide the sled? You and I and, were thinking uh, the same thing. He absolutely can. <laughs> Talk to me, Nat. Well, look, Shake has been the, the kid has been patient. The kid has an intense amount of skill. And I think with what you saw in that third quarter in the preseason game against Boston, I think it shows that you can trust Shake to put up, for lack of better words, a powerhouse performance with this team. I think you absolutely can put your faith in him. I mean, Doc Rivers saw him when uh, they were playing the L.A. Clippers. Doc was coaching them at the time. He saw what Shake could do then, and so he figured, well, that's all I can do then. Let me see what he can do now. Hey, 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 Nat, when Shake went out there, that was what I was talking about without any Embiid or Simmons. Shake went out there and busted the Clippers' ass, didn't he? Yeah, and then some. He had like, whew, he, he was, Shake was, that's what, you know, you expect from a guy like Shake. But that can't carry throughout the whole NBA season, and we know that. So we know his limitations. I think Doc knows them too. So that's why Doc Doc is uh, high on him because he knows he can bring out the best in him like he did with Lou Will and uh, Pat Bev and Reggie Jackson. You can see it he, 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 as he molded them in, bringing them in. And the confidence that Shake played with, he just seemed like he played more confident and he, he, he knew where he was going to be at on the court. He – and he did, he made his decision. He wasn't thinking, and it looked like you know it looked like that. He was just out there hooping. He was just out there hooping, doing what he likes to do. Yeah, and he was having fun too. He was having fun too. I mean, what, what was there not to like about it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, all I mean, let's be real. You know, Shake looked like he was hooping. He was just hooping, having a good time, and doing what he likes to do. And and. Like I said, we go back to that luxury part with Dwight Howard. I mean, how could you not like to throw it up to a future Hall of Famer like Dwight Howard that's going to go up and get it? And that's what he likes to do. He likes to dunk on people. And I'm hoping, you know, and and, and before I even say this, my man Joe, yes, Joe, I got to give we got to give Joe props because he's been getting he's been getting on me the last couple times about saying some things that I saw and I didn't give him the props because Joe and I talk a lot. Well, yes, Joe and I talk, and we both said that uh, hopefully the, having Dwight Howard here could show Embiid how to jump off the right foot, go up for alley-oops, know when, know when to react off the, uh, the pick and roll, know when to roll hard to the basket when the guy's playing uh, off on you. And just know, just knowing that they're getting the feel of being in that situation. So you know that was a good point Joe brought up to uh, me this week when we were talking. And um, I don't want to just hear Joe 
I don't want to hear him yelling at me anymore, Nat. <laughs> so that's right. That's why I, I made sure I made a note to say that our, our listener Joe uh, brought that up. But he's right, though. He's right. Dwight Howard, if he could just give Embiid just a little bit of guidance and Embiid is willing to learn from him, the, this is going to be a deadly one-two coming off the bench. It's going to be deadly. And uh, you can see Shake enjoyed it. It was almost like when Embiid first started playing and McConnell had so much success with Embiid and they were the second unit guy. Well, when Embiid was running with the second unit and McConnell was controlling the second unit. And I was like, man, that Embiid McConnell's one-two was crazy. Or if you go back during the process, during the process, you had Ish Smith and Nerlens Noel. And then you had Ish Smith and Embiid. Like, that was a crazy combo. So now you got Shake and Dwight Howard. And that could be something, you know, that could be something uh, crucial. That could be something crucial in that second unit. What I liked about the second unit going into the second and third quarter is they held the lead, Nat. Yeah, they sure did. They held the lead. They didn't give up the lead, and they didn't look frazzled. And they knew how to stop the bleeding. Doc Rivers said uh, in one of the post-game clips that um, he thought the offense took a turn and then the defense took a turn, which led Boston back into the game a little bit. And he says you can't have your offense uh, dictate your defense. Your your defense got to dictate your offense because if your offense – it's flat in some games. You're going to rely on your defense to get you through those games. Your defense is going to carry you and bring you home on tight games. So I agree with him with that. But it just felt refreshing to see them not come out and squander the lead or play with no sense of urgency in the third quarter or close the half off well. They look really good in the first quarter. A little relaxed in the second, and then you know they did what they had to do in the third. And oh man, it was just like you put your arms out for that big hug. It's like this is what we've been waiting for, all off of one game. Just little things, minor details, attention to details that we notice. But Doc saying shake is shake. He says he told Shake at least fifteen times, be shake, be shake. Now, what does be shake mean to you? With Doc's telling Shake to be shake. I think be shake means just shoot, shoot, dribble, ball out. Just do whatever you can to make yourself the best basketball player you can possibly be. Ball the F out. Just do what you do naturally. If you're a shooter naturally, just shoot. Come off the screens, be in the right spot, and shoot. You know, Curry and Green, they didn't look good shooting, but they're shooters. And we know how that can happen. We know what those two can do. Tobias Harris looked really good. We know what what Toby can do. That's why the Sixers traded for him. We've been waiting to see it. Hopefully we do see it. But just the... The overall, you know, Tobias was seven from seven for eleven from the field, sixteen points, three boards. He had nine assists. 
So he was moving the rock, moving the ball around. He was in the flow of the game. And it stood out. It wasn't a quiet 16. It stood out. Now, Embiid's 18 was quiet, but he was so efficient in 16 minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. You look up and you're like, geez, big man had 18 points. He didn't barely play. (laughs) (laughs) But that's what you want. That's what you expect from that. So, the shake, the shake, uh, the shake Lou Will comparison is starting to evolve. And if they get a, 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 a Lou Will type out of Shake Milton as the sixth man, deadly not. That's like Ben going to the foul line and not being afraid to go to the foul line. Just another, just another option to get to give the Sixers a better winning percentage this season than next season. That, and that's what you got to do if you want this team to win a title. Everyone has to put in their A game. Everyone has to uh, for over, throughout the entire season. It can't just be, oh, oh, some guys are performing here and there. They're gonna drop off a little bit. Oh, we're only gonna contribute when we're in our own when we're in our own home venue again. Oh, we'll wait and see how playoffs turn out. No, this team has to gel now, and the only way I think that they're going to gel now, or as soon as they possibly can, is by showcasing what makes them great athletes individually as a first place, and then I think they can all gel together as a team, and great things can and dare I say, will happen for them. The, the one thing that you said that they have to gel together as a team, um, didn't you appreciate Doc Rivers' rotation? Yeah. Where he let Embiid, he let Embiid go over his seven-minute mark, and then he let Ben go over the, the eight-minute mark. There wasn't no like um, um, time strain on him. Mm-mm. No, there wasn't. He let him play. Yeah, he let him play. He didn't have he didn't have uh, Tobias Harris foul um, uh, Brown in the corner just to get the subs in. He let him play, and that was always a doubt. I was like, you know how I felt about that, Matt. <laughs> just wait. He let him play, and he let the team play and and get accustomed to each other. And we're going to see a lot of that also with the uh, next preseason game with Indiana and then, you know, Washington. And then we're, we're here. Doc's going to let them play, man. He already said he's going to let them play, and they're going to have to figure it out on the fly because it was a shortened camp. And we spoke about that with the short the, the short list of players they had in camp that um, it was also a blessing for them to get to know each other a little bit better. So – it's going to work out in this favor. So just be patient. Let's get through the first two weeks. First two weeks is always a little rough. We might see a little sloppiness as we did in Boston, against Boston. But in the long run, they're going to perform. Now, the Sixers scored over 100 points with ease. Yeah. And they had Mike Scott, Korkmaz, and Maxi on the court – Pretty much the fourth quarter. 
and they scored over 100 points with ease. There was no – it didn't look like they struggled to get over 100 points. Doc Rivers' teams are going to put up points. We've always said that. You're going to average – once the season – the average is going to be low. It's going to be low hundreds as we start. But as the season starts progressing, you're going to start seeing the 117s, the 127s, 123s. Doc's going to – his team's going to put up points. And he's going to say, we're going to score. You're going to have to keep up with us. And it's going to be pretty pretty difficult for you guys to keep up with us with our defense that we have on the court. With the length they have with Embiid and Simmons, with Tobias Harris, Danny Green, and Curry, and then you bring in Dwight Howard, and you have Matisse Stiebel, and Simba's back. I always like Justin Anderson's defense. They're going to play some D. Teams, listen, that the defense isn't going to fall off too much because the Sixers are scoring. I know that's a concern. Well, what's the D going to look like? We just saw it. Well, look, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be how it should have been last year. Yeah, a focus on defense, but because they focused so much on defense last year, they lost a lot of their offense. And you know, when they had to focus on their offense, that's when they lost completely lost their defense. This time around, I think because they're going to sacrifice, I don't think they're going to go into it with the complete defensive mentality that they had last year going into the season. And because of that, because of all the shooters they have around them, no, this is going to be an offensive-focused team, but it's an offensive-focused team with players that can play defense. Right, right, because... Prior, if we want to put a comparison to this team that plays defense and scores a lot of points to the 2017 season with Ilyasova, Redick, and uh, Bellinelli, and uh, 18-year-old Korkmaz, that team used to get killed on defense. And MB Simmons, and Ilyasova taking charges would cover up a lot of mistakes would cover up a lot of mistakes where this team here, you're not going to have to cover up so many mistakes because everyone's willing to play defense. Everyone's willing to get out there and do what they have to do. And then you got someone like Maxi who has so much energy and he's a defenseman. He was playing defense out there. So the defense that Maxi's going to bring you as well is just, it's just, People get you get energized off of defense. You saw the bench was in it. Block shots, steals. That get out on the break. That's where you get the here we come. That's the hashtag, Matt. Here we come, right? Yeah, really. Cause they're getting out on the break, man, off that D. This Nat, you know what that's you know what this reminds me of? The blue collar city. <laughs> That's how you get the blue-collar hockey people like us. But yeah, <laughs> NBA is on notice with, yeah, with, with the Sixers' ability to score, to drive down the lanes, executing on them pick-and-rolls. This is a team that is going 
to they're going to make other teams work. Oh, they're going. They're definitely going to make them work. Definitely. So, hey, listen, Doc Rivers. Uh, he spoke about MB and Simmons, and I still want to know what he thought about their play. So, coming up, we're going to hear what Doc has to say. I got uh, Q and A on on deck. I want to uh, talk about a little workout plan. We haven't touched that a little bit. Are you? You know, I'm sipping on something. Nat's sipping on something. And, and Nat, I got a question for you on the other side too. Hey man, this is Philly Four Court Press. I'm your host, Big T. Will. That's the producer extraordinaire, Nat Marlowe. We'll be back after these commercial breaks. We know that we're asking Americans to do a lot right now. So we're asking everyone to be selfless for others so that we can protect those who are most susceptible to this virus. A question I often get asked is why should young people care about the spread of coronavirus? Well, we know that people with underlying medical conditions over the age of 60 are at highest risk, but they've got to get it from somebody. Social distancing is really physical separation of people. It's what we refer to when we ask people to stay at least six feet apart. Not going to bars, not going to restaurants, not going to theaters where there are a lot of people. It all just means physical separation so that you have a space between you and others who might actually be infected or infect you. We all have a role to play in preventing person-to-person -person spread of this disease, which can be deadly for vulnerable groups. For more information on how you can social distance, please go to coronavirus.gov. With coronavirus still spreading, people at higher risk must take extra precautions. You're at higher risk if you are over 65 or if you have any serious underlying medical conditions like heart disease, chronic lung disease, diabetes, or if your immune system is compromised for any reason. If you're at higher risk, wash your hands frequently with soap and water for 20 seconds. Avoid touching your face. Disinfect frequently touched objects. And wash up after being in public spaces. And when it comes to social situations, less is better. Stay six feet or two arm lengths away from other people. Better still, stay home if you can. If you're sick, please stay home and away from others. And if you think you've been exposed to the virus, call your healthcare provider before going to their office. In challenging times, the choices you make are critical. Please visit coronavirus.gov for more information. With coronavirus spreading, people at higher risk must take extra precautions. You are at higher risk if you're over 65 or if you have an underlying medical condition like heart disease, chronic lung disease, diabetes, or if your immune system is compromised for any reason. If you're at higher risk, stay six feet or two arm lengths away from others. Better yet, stay home if you can. The choices you make are critical. Please visit coronavirus.gov for more information. Hey, Vito's. Hey, yo, want you say? Hold hey, on. Cheese steak. Cheese steak. Coming off. Coming off. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got burgers. You want some burger? What does he want? A burger? Get the cheese steak. Yeah, yeah, get the awesome. cheese steak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The boat Forget about it. Drop the phone. What, what, what do you want? Cheese steak or you want a burger? Hey, what's he want? Burger. Hey, Pop, he wants a cheese steak and a burger on one bus. What does he want? We do that? We don't do that. We don't, we don't, we don't do that. Yeah, overall, I mean, holding them to 19 in the first quarter, you'll take that, you know. Um, I, I didn't like how we ended the, uh, the half. I thought we got tired. Uh, and I thought our offense 
we had a couple of bad offensive possessions and that leaked over to our defense. And, and I don't want that. Like offense can never dictate what you do on defense. You're gonna have nights where shots just not gonna go in, but you gotta go get stops. And I saw a little bit of that. So I can't wait to look at it on film and see if it was true or it was just my imagination, which typically that's what it is. Let it snow. You know it's Christmas. We got snow this week, Nat. A lot of snow uh, hit the uh, Delaware Valley this week. Yeah, quite a bit. Now we're- we got more snow uh, in one day. In, in actually, in a matter of a few hours than we've seen over the past two years. We don't get snow in this area. It's got to be the perfect storm for this area to get snow. Now that, you know, climate change is happening and global warming is happening. It's not like it was back in the day where you get snow and from Thanksgiving pretty much through New Year's, we'd get snow. And then you get snow a little bit in January, February. Now, as the years and decades have turned, you get snow now in April. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. You get a late, you get a late snow snowstorm in March, April, right? You know, right before Easter, you're looking like, what happened to the snowing in November, December? But I mean, it's good. It's good that we got some snow. Some areas will have snow on the ground come next uh, next week for Christmas. Some uh, areas won't, but at least you got that feeling with the snow. And the Christmas lights on and the Christmas tree up. So everybody should be in the Christmas mood. I'm sitting here rocking my uh, Sixers Santa hat, Nat. I actually have a, yeah, I have a, it's not a Santa hat, but it's definitely a Christmas style winter hat that I have on right now. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm definitely in the mood. And, you know, it snowed. It definitely snowed in certain areas. But, um, hey, man, Doc Rivers, heavy pick and roll. The communication with Ben and Joe, he liked it, Matt. So, if Doc Rivers is liking it, we should like it, right? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, Doc Rivers is basically executing on everything that Brett Brown said he would do. (laughs) Brett Brown was just all talk. Doc, you actually see it. Well, it's funny because I saw a report that uh, Doc wants to do a 10-man rotation. And I think it's from our guy, uh, uh, the lead beat writer for the Philadelphia 76ers, Mr. Keith Pompey. I think he put it out there. I think it was him that said Doc wanted to – Doc already has his rotation set in his mind going into next week for the season. He's going to do a 10-man rotation. And – was questioned or was posed to him like, well, do you know the 10-man rotation? Do you know the players, who they are? Doc said, just basically, wait and see. You'll see it. And he's right. We'll see it. There's no need to to know uh, who, who the players are. I mean, hell, if you watch the first preseason game with a different eye, you kind of can see at least eight. So, you know, Shake's going to come off the bench one. 
Dwight Howard's going to come off for NB. Cork Mons will probably come in for Tobias. And then you have Maxi, who's going to play his way in. Probably Curry. And then you have uh, Ben, who's going to probably stay on the court for the first few minutes. And then Doc might bring in um, coin toss. Whoever's hot, whoever's <laughs> feeling them, I guess. That's that's a that's another five right there. So there's your ten plus with your starters. It's going to be fun, man. I can't wait. I can't wait. Matt, I meant to. Add, I had a question I wanted to ask you on this side. What's your favorite Christmas movie? Home Alone. See, Nat, I knew I liked you. (laughs) (laughs) Home Alone. It's probably mine. You know, it's just like 1 and 1A. Christmas Vacation. Yeah, Christmas Vacation is good. Griswold's Christmas Vacation. Uh, That's probably the 1A. Or you could flip and make Home Alone the 1A. They're my top two, though. They're my top two. Um, I was watching one... When I was at the gym, Nat, speaking of which, I changed my workout plan up a little bit for the month of December and finally started to see some results, which is good. I uh, I don't recommend this for a lot of people, but I've upped my uh, vitamin intake, so I'm taking a lot more vitamins. And as a good friend of the show, Rob, from uh, Last Out Media, um, he says, I bet you're seeing a lot more yellow, too, and as us guys know what he's talking about, yes, I am. So <laughs> the more vitamins I've increased, um, I'm actually starting to see my results. So and I'm feeling a lot better, which is good. So I'm glad I got over that hump a little bit. Took a while, but starting yeah, to feel good. good. Yeah, man. Um, how about you? What are you doing uh, with them Pop-Tarts and stuff? You staying away? Man, look, the vending machines at work, when you run out of time to – Eat first thing in the morning. You gotta. I, I need my grab and go <laughs> snack, man. Yo, I told you, man. Set it up the night before. Set it up for the whole week. Nice. Put it right in your bag. It's too much work. I don't have time for that. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, the producer extraordinaire, Nat Marlowe. <laughs> You're like to me, like cooking some uh some three minute ramen. Like that's a. Uh, there are nights where that'll be my uh my cooking extraordinaire. But then again, I use HelloFresh, so it's like, but I can only use HelloFresh on nights where I know I'm going to have a lot of time time. to prepare the meals, or like if I have the day off the next day, a situation like that, I have to plan it out carefully because uh, the HelloFresh meals that I get, no, they take a while to prepare. I I got to switch over to like to the quick 10 minute meals that they provide, just make it easier on me. I don't know if the quality is going to be as good. But yeah, I love HelloFresh as a service. It's, yeah, they've been uh, they've been treating me well. I uh, it's funny because you were telling me about that. And I actually told someone else that's in the business that uh, on the producing side that um, he hit me up on uh, Twitter and asked me about um, helping him get his handle good in the kitchen. And I was telling him, look, man, start off with HelloFresh and then you know work. You know, I gave him a little avenue to take. 
And I got that off of you, though, because from uh, uh, you and I always talking about it. But um, that's good, man. Listen, well, you got the um, you're going to have a break coming up next week, a little bit, a couple days. You know, pack that uh, snack bag, man, for the week. And grab and go. Stay away from that that vending machine. But, uh, yo, if that's your favorite Christmas movie, Home Alone, what's the favorite thing you like to eat during Christmas? Favorite thing I like to eat? I gotta go either not, they're not ginger snaps, they're snickerdoodles. That's probably my favorite thing to eat Christmas. Ooh, ooh, yeah, yeah, that's a good one, man. That's a good one. The, the snickerdoodle is a good item right there. Um, I'm going to say the sugar cookie. I like the sugar cookie during the holidays. Or the uh, the little seven-layer cake cookies the, the, uh, with the chocolate icing around them and the chocolate sprinkles on top. Yeah, it's like I know raspberry. Yeah, it's the raspberry cake with the the yellow cake and then the green, I guess it's like pistachio cake. But, those, yeah, those things are dynamite, you know. I haven't had any yet, knock on wood, thankfully. I haven't had no craving for them, but I know next week um, there will be a couple in the house here and there. Not sure how long they'll last, though. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but hey, listen, Doc Rivers said heavy pick and roll. We saw it. He put Ben and Joe in it. I liked it. There's uh, going to be there's a lot of space on the floor. There's um, going to be some more motion and creativity we're going to see. Uh, the communication he enjoyed with Ben and Joe. Uh, he likes what he sees out of his rookie with Maxie. Uh, the player that kind of disappeared a little bit, who who I'm not sure right now what his role is, is uh, Matisse. Matisse might just have to dig in. Like I said, dig in on the defensive side to stand out and then fight for those minutes. Uh, the luxury of Dwight Howard on this team coming in for Embiid is, is a plus. It's, it's definitely a plus. So we're going to have fun, man. We got one more preseason game, and then we hit the season. And I think, Nat, our, our next episode will be covering game one, right? Yeah. We're, that, we're this close. Right? Yo, man. So we're gonna have we're gonna be very we're gonna be heavy with that uh next episode. Uh real fast, man, I wanna touch this James Harden situation. So this week from the athletic Sham Sham's put out Philadelphia is in conversation with Houston and they put Ben Simmons on the table. But there's not haven't there hasn't been any real negotiation yet. Talks haven't really happened yet. But Ben Simmons is on the tape. Huh? What are you talking about? Why prior to all this, Houston wanted Ben Simmons, Sixers weren't trading Ben Simmons. And then you say Ben Simmons is part of a few packages for James Harden, but there hasn't been any real negotiation. What are you doing? 
Like, why? What are you doing? Clearly, that's not coming from Philadelphia side. That's all agent-driven to get James Harden out of Houston. Why? Because you have no deal for James Harden in the NBA. Nobody wants it. No one wants to deal with Dennis Rodman 2.0. I don't give a damn if he gives me 50 after coming off a, a private plane in in Vegas. That is detrimental to the team. We've seen it happen, and we've seen it play out over NBA times in different eras. It doesn't work. And why would you bring something that toxic into Philadelphia with this new regime that's cleaned up the toxic mess we just had last season? I mean, wake the hell up, fan base. Stop being so damn thirsty. You know what they're thirsty Nothing's for, coming out of- What's that, Nat? You know what they're thirsty for, T-Will? They're thirsty yeah, that for- Kool-Aid. Yep. They're thirsty for that Kool-Aid. Hey, everybody. That's right. Don't drink it. And Nat, what's my saying we've been talking about from, from spring and summer? Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Nat said you're thirsty for that Kool-Aid. <laughs> He's right. No, it's a... He's right. Go ahead, Nat. You and I were talking before uh, before we started recording, and we were saying, like, look, James Harden is fool's gold. He really is. It, it, it seems appealing at first. And then the more and more you – it seems appealing at first. And then the more and more you dig into it, the more you realize it's just not going to work for this team. It's just not. Maybe he'll work somewhere else. But – I. Under no circumstances do I want James Harden coming to the Philadelphia 76ers basketball team. I would rather have him go to Brooklyn and play with Kyrie and uh, KD. I would rather take that risk of having Harden work out there as opposed to Harden coming here because I know that James Harden is not going to work out in Philadelphia. Plus, if Brooklyn, let's say Brooklyn is a threat right now in the East. Well, if James Harden goes over there, they might seem like a real they might seem like a clear and present danger right now. But with all these crazy and wacko stories that are coming out about James Harden recently, who's to say that him going to Brooklyn isn't going to cause a whole bunch of controversy over there? I think that's a real possibility. I think that's a real chance uh, that could happen. If he goes to Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Brooklyn's got enough problems with Kyrie. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, you really expect KD, the flat earther, and the beard to all get along in perfect harmony? No, I don't see that. No, 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 no. And I don't see James Harden bringing that BS that he got away with under Houston's old, once again, see, Every team has it. It just takes longer for it to come out. Houston last season, under their old coaching staff, under their old ownership, under 
Maury, who now we see why he wanted out. They allowed James Harden do what he wanted to do, and they didn't hold him accountable for his actions because he was giving them buckets. He was putting seats in, putting butts in the seats. We got Embiid and Simmons to put the butts in the seats when that's available. The Sixers do not need a toxic situation. Now, don't get me wrong. If I could get the beard to play with Ben and Joe, hell yeah, bring them in. Not with that ish. Nah, that ain't going to fly here in Philly. That ain't going to fly here in Philly. That ain't going to fly with Doc as Doc's makeup. Fly with Sam Cassell with his makeup. That ain't gonna fly with Dave Yeager and Dan Burks as a makeup. As those coaches have makeups, and two people on the on the coaches staff, one was a head coach, one one was considered for a head coach, and another one was considered for a head coach. They all potentially have head coaching ability in their makeup. I'll be damned if they let James Harden come here and do what he did in Houston under that old regime. Now you're starting to see why Daryl Morey was easy to get out. Now you see how he's in Philly. It was a mess in Houston, and more and more reports are going to start leaking out. Stay woke. Stop following these little low-hanging fruit tweets and Facebooks and Instagram posts. Just be patient. Houston has no deal for James Harding. Houston's not putting James Harding out there. James Harding agent is putting James Harding out there. He's doing what the agent should do, quite frankly. James Harding's agent is going to drop stories. He's going to tell... Uh, a, B, and C to this media outlet. He's going to tell A, B, and C to another media outlet. He's going to do anything possible to keep his client's name at the forefront of NBA talk or NBA controversy or NBA uh, scenarios. He's doing what an agent should be doing, but it's all agent-driven. Agents really don't have – when it comes to all this, man, they really – they just doing their job. But some people, I'm not going to say some people, people got to learn the ins and outs and the nuances of situations like this. And I appreciated Daryl Morey coming out quick, saying, we're not trading Ben Simmons. He's part of our future, period. Why would you trade a 24-year-old player like Ben Simmons for a 31-year-old Harden, Mr. Dribble, the dribbler. Why do I want the dribbler and not have Ben here too? The dribbler will come here with Embiid and that, and that will get sour. Stay woke, people. We're not trading Ben and Joe. We didn't go through the BS and the tanking to get potential dominant players that we have that finally have a coach to just get rid of one of them for an Asian player who's going to dribble. He's going to put a dent in the floor dribbling in one spot. 
And just because I'm giving you the bad side of Harden, that doesn't mean that I dislike Harden. I love Harden. I love the beard. I like his play. I think he's a, probably one of the top two, three best individual scorers in NBA history. Harden can ball. But he's also 31 going on 32. And whether he was wearing an extra small warm-up suit or not, he didn't look like he was in shape to ball right now. Ben Simmons is in shape, ready to ball. Embiid looked pretty damn good and ready to ball. I told you stories were going to leak out. Russell Westbrook said in the bubble, story leaked out, James Harden scheduled his COVID test five minutes prior to fill-up session, had to wait for his COVID test, and someone said, Russell Westbrook said, ask him, start it. Start the film session. He knew what time film session was. He did that ish on his own. You know why? Because he got away with it. And why did he get away with it? Because there's no accountability. I get it. It's a star-driven league. We know that. Players run the league. But there are a few teams out there and a few coaches out there that still hold their stars accountable and it can happen you want to win or do you want to just have a lot of stats a couple MVPs and then you hit 34 35 and then you start ring chasing by that time who's the best player in the league because LeBron might be out James Harden will come to Philly when Daryl Morey is ready for him to come to Philly. He will come to Philly and Ben Simmons and Embiid will still be here. Houston has no deal right now. The agent is looking for a deal. Why would you rob Doc Rivers that opportunity to coach Ben and Joe when he was high on it? Oh, well, because you could have Harden and Embiid. Uh, I'd rather have Harden, Embiid, and Simmons. I don't want just Harden and Embiid. Not with this team. This team looked like it's built around Simmons and Embiid, not built to be around the dribbler and Embiid. That's all I'm going to say about that, Nat. I'm sorry, I took up a little little time, Nat. We do something here on Philly Full Court Press called Q&A. You guys got the questions? Sometimes I got the answers. If I don't mean that, we go searching for them. I know our mailbag was full, but since I took up so much time, we will keep it short. Hey, Nat, what you got? All right, I'll start. I'll start off with Joe's question: Where did Embiid's muscle tone go? Does he use bands to pump up before photo shoots? I mean, yeah, he uses bands to pump up for photo shoots. His muscle tone is going because he's getting in shape and he's not lifting as much. I mean, you can see it. it's a shortened season. They don't. They haven't spent more. They're probably spending more time on the court and less time in the in the in the uh, weight room. I'm sure his muscle tone will come back. I mean, listen, I lost mine in, from from being sidelined, not able to work out, being quarantined. And locked down, and things are closed. 
He might get it back. He might. If he does, good. I don't care if he gets it back. To be honest with you, I just want him to be in sh- basketball shape. And be uh, a basketball shape Embiid is a dominant Embiid. So, what else you got, Nat? Formerly Eagle vs. The Sixers seem to have a lot of depth on the wing. Which guy gets squeezed out of minutes? Matisse. If Maxi performs, wing players you got Carey, Cork, Matisse, Maxi, Reed, and Joe. Right. So, and Shake. Shake is going to be your sixth man behind uh, Curry. And then it's going to be Corkmaz. So, if Corkmaz doesn't step up and fulfill what coach needs, then you might see Maxi step in. If Maxi doesn't do it, you'll see Matisse step in. But it's going to be. It's going to be something you got to keep an eye on for the first uh, month of the season and see how that plays out, see what happens. What else you got, Nat? Our next question comes from uh, VG. You'll like this one. Should Jimmy line him shave? <laughs> um, I per- I per- me personally, I don't care if he does or doesn't. Um, it's different because we're not used to seeing Coach with uh, all that beard and and the sideburns and everything. It's, it's definitely something that hasn't grown on a lot of us because uh, Coach was always uh, sharp, man. Coach was always shaved, Gillette tight. You know what I'm saying? But uh, nah, man, let Coach live. Coach Lina want to keep uh, keep the beard, keep it going. Maybe, maybe he's trying to channel his inner Hardy and get Hardy here with his beard and Hardy's beard. We might be on to something. You know what I'm saying, that. <laughs> I do. I, I, I think I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. So, nah, let, let Coach let Coach live and keep the beard. What else you got, Nat? From Nesh, which player do you think will have a breakout season this year? Um, I was hoping I had a couple players. Um, I, I said Corkmont could. Uh, I was hoping. I was hoping Matisse. But I really didn't see much out of him after that first preseason. So it looked like it might be Shake. Shake could be potentially that guy to have the breakout season. And if he does, it just benefits the Sixers. What else you got, Nat? Let's go to Mar. How much better would you say the team looks? Team looks 10 times better. Spacing on the floor. The, uh, the pace. I love the pace of the game as they got going. Once they, the sloppiness was uh, over, the first four minutes, the pace of the game was good. The spacing was good. I, I loved what I saw in the, the small snippets of the pick and roll. They looked a lot better. The communication was good. Defense, they clamped down when they needed to. And the, the, the Sixers looked like they had a lot of energy, a lot more energy than what they had uh, last season so I'm excited this team's going to be fun I don't know where they're going to lane um, I have to see it play out like uh, Nat last season was 10 games I watched and then I I, I uh, shifted <laughs> yeah I, I shifted back to the docks I didn't sail with everyone else 
I sailed back to the land. But um, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, let's give it 10 games, 10, 15 games, and then uh, we can uh, see uh, where they'll land at on the uh, standings. But overall, this is going to be a fun game. This is going to be a fun team to watch this season. What else you got, Nat? All right, our last one comes from Pierre. How good do you think Seth Curry can be in this offense? Lights out. Seth Curry, he can look like his brother with a better shooting percentage because he don't take shots from half court consistently. But and Curry can pull up and stop and take that uh, 12 to 15 jumper that Reddick couldn't do. Reddick would dribble off the dribble off the side of his foot every time he went to the basket, or he tried to go up with one hand. Curry's a little bit quicker than Reddick, since we're doing the comparison, because Reddick's the last person that was a shooter that we had like Curry. Um, Bellinelli had no quickness, but he got his shot off. You get Bellinelli off a off a pick and a curl, it was going in. So Curry could be better than both. He has potential to be better in both. You know why? Because he's got Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid on the court. And it's just going to create so much space for him. So, Curry could have a breakout year, too. I'll add that to uh, um, Shake Milton and uh, my my original one with Matisse. You can put Curry on there, so they'll be the three that you look out for. Hey, Nat, man, listen. Our next episode... I believe will be dropping after Christmas, right? Yes, it will. And it'll be after the first game. So I usually let Nat go first on the final thought, but I'm going to take this one, Nat, if you don't mind. Go right ahead, man. I want to wish everybody out there, our new listeners, our, our old listeners, and our future listeners, a very Merry Christmas. I want everyone to be safe, be smart, stay healthy, keep your distance. Don't be dummies out here. Enjoy the peace and love that you have within your family at home. Call and check up on your others. And just make sure that you understand what we as a nation went through 2020 and be thankful that you're still here and able to give thanks and to hug one another. Just be blessed and love each other during this holiday season and stay safe. There's light at the end of the tunnel, but we still got to take it one step at a time. I love Christmas season. Mom's birthday's Christmas Eve. My dad's birthday is the 21st. I already went up to see him in his grave. And Mom Deuce, you know, threw Mom a big, big party last year. But can't do it. So, you know, next season. Next year. There's always next year if you do the right thing. If you don't do the right thing, sometimes you might not see next year. So, but yes, man, Merry Christmas. 1098. Sixers get that dub. I think we're going to handle business this season, that. And that's my final thought. So what's yours? 
my final thought is, you know, I can't wait for Christmas to get here. Well, actually, I can because I want it to be Christmas all the time. So I can't wait, but I can wait, if that makes sense. Uh, each and every day. I mean, this has been December's gone by really fast. And I thought each and every day I was getting more and more into the Christmas spirit. And then I realized just how close Christmas actually is. And I'm like, man, I got to increase my Christmas energy even tenfold now. But, uh, yeah, I'm just happy that, you know, on a personal and a professional level, you know, I'm in a much better state at this very moment than where I was a year ago. Because a year ago, I was not in, you know, the best state. Uh, I wasn't in the best state of mind. I wasn't the best physically. Situation. Best physically, yeah. I wasn't in the best situation in life. And uh, I was going through like a serious rough patch. And, you know, one of the reasons uh, we talked about earlier, I love Home Alone and Home Alone got me through a lot of it watching that movie. And um, even though Christmas wasn't good last year, you know, I've dedicated myself to having you know, a ten, a Christmas that is 10 times better than I could possibly imagine. And so far, that wish is coming true. So thank you, everybody who's listening. I'm so grateful to all of you who supported me in my career thus far, who gave us gave us a chance you know, to listen to us talk Sixers right now, and uh, we wouldn't be in a position without all of you. So I am uh, incredibly grateful that you're listening to this right now. Absolutely, man. Ditto. I, you know the you know the gratitude I have for our listeners. I love them. Some of them, some of them we disagree with. Some of them we do, but at the end of the day, we love them. So, you know, there's no ill will. So, but I'm your man, T-Will, and that's Nat Marlowe. And everyone, Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. But the prettiest sight to see is the holly that will be on your own front door.